We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you chug that? We're about about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. And we are live. Welcome to the Monday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark here on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. If you're watching there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, jump in the chat, ask us some questions. We will be answering them during breaks. My name is Rob Doster, and ladies and gentlemen, the madness is officially here. The SOCOM tournament title game had one of the best finishes that you are ever going to see at the college basketball level. And we were lucky enough to be joined by the hero of the night. We'll get to that here in just a a minute for some housekeeping. My partners in crime tonight, Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman and noted Murray State superfan <laughs> Steve Prome. We are presented by our partners at Bet Rivers for Sportsbook. And fellas, what a game. Chattanooga takes down Furman in the SoCon title game. Mike Bothwell hit a three to force overtime uh, in the OT. He scores to put Furman, uh, Furman ahead with four seconds left before David Jean Baptiste answers drilling a 30-footer over two defenders at the buzzer for the win. Insanity, Bedlam, a title, and a ticket to the big dance prome. Where does this rank? Like, this is an all-timer, right? That's an all-timer shot we're going to see replayed over and over and over again. Yeah, we'll, we'll see this for a long time. I mean, for you know, all in March, you'll always see this replay. ESPN will play this over and over and over leading up to, to, to March Madness, uh, leading up to championship week. But – you know, the one thing I think that gets, you know, overlooked, the Southern Conference in Asheville, North Carolina, they do a phenomenal job in their environment and how that tournament supported. I mean, you looked at that crowd tonight. I mean, outside of the little upper bleachers, I mean, they do a great job. And Asheville is a great city for that tournament. I know the coaches and talking to them this fall because I visited Furman, I visited Chattanooga and some other teams in that league. They love going to Asheville. But number one, my heart goes out to Bob Ritchie, Mike Bothwell, Slauson, and those kids. Bob's done a phenomenal job at Furman, you know. But in, in these leagues, I hate to say it because I, I lived that, those, that, that in those leagues for a long time. These three days are everything. And mm-hmm. to go up to 
Phenomenal job. They slip the screen out of horns. Bothwell goes left. You know, you can't let him go left. He gets left. Chattanooga does a good job. No timeout. They attack. And I was telling you guys off air, if you can just in a live dribble in a kind of a five-second situation, if you can just make the dribbler change course of direction one time, usually your results are a lot better. But a phenomenal shot. And Lamont Paris has done an exceptional job, exceptional job. Uh, at Chattanooga, a place that loves basketball. I went to high school about 30 minutes south of there. The Roundhouse is a huge deal. Um, And Chattanooga, they love their basketball, and congrats to Lamont. Uh, Phenomenal job, especially being down. They only scored 16 points in the first half. Mm -hmm. That was ugly. I mean, but I love Chattanooga, Malachi Smith. And and, and I was telling Jeff Walfair, you know, give, give big props to D'Souza. Phenomenal game tonight, double-double, made some big, big plays for those guys. And, you know, you come from Kansas to Chattanooga, and sometimes, you know, you can be, hey, I was at Kansas. When I watched them practice, I said this to Lamont afterwards, man, D'Souza was dialed in, going hard, coachable, thought he did a phenomenal job, and it carries over to a moment like this, and now he's going back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, this, this is a team that I think can win a game if they get the right matchup, because like you said, Steve, they have two really, really good guards yep. and a big that is a, he he's a power five or six big the way he looks. And now he's got the confidence to be able to go along with that physical uh, abilities. Yep. And listen, nobody wants to hear from <clears throat> us. They want to hear from David Jean Baptiste, yeah. the hero of the night. So we are going to head over to that interview. You got to check this out, man. This is a, this is a one of a kind interview and a one of a kind kid. And now let me welcome on. And now let me welcome 68 after dark, the hero of the night, David Jean Baptiste. He hit a game winning 30 footer. I think we can call it a 30 footer uh, to beat Furman in the SoCon title game to stamp their ticket to the M- uh, to the NCAA tournament. So, David, take me through what you saw on that final possession and that final play. How, how did it play out? Did you know that it was good when it left your hand? Take me through everything. Man. Well, first and foremost, you know, good drive by Buffalo there at the end. You know, he, he went, he made a tough basket. You know, he had a great game as well. And I looked up, I knew we had four seconds left. And, you know, for me, you know, I had to go the full length of the court. And for me, I had, you know, just want to put myself in the best position possible and to get at least a shot up to him. And once the ball, like, it felt like it took, you know, it felt like it took forever for the ball, you know, to reach the basket. And, and once it did and, you know, it went through the nets. It just, I lost feeling at that point. It was, it was surreal. Like, I couldn't, couldn't believe it went down. It was just unbelievable, man. Did you know it was good? Man, I mean, once it went in, I seen it, and it was good. I just, <laughs> I just started running. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It, it kind of, and it was just, at, at that point, it was just, everything went blank. It was just like, it was unreal, man. God, God is good, man. So, it, it was one of those March moments, but you weren't even sure you were going to be here. Right. I mean, you, you've had some adversity here up and down. You weren't sure you were going to you know, play last season. You're probably one of the older dudes in college basketball. You came in in 2016. And here's my favorite stat. You've been in the SoCon longer than eight of the 10 current coaches in the league. I, I love it. I love it. But what, what's it been like for you? And what does tonight mean with everything that you've gone through? Man, it's just a journey, man. It's just. Man, just stay persistent, man. Just to keep pushing no matter what, man. No matter what, man. And the fans, the city, man, they and they they've been with me since 2016. And you know, for that to be the last year that you know, Chet got a chance to, you know, be in the tournament, 
you know, that was the, the year before I got there. And so, you know, for them to stick with, you know, for them to stick with us since then and to ride this journey, man, it's been amazing. All the ups, the downs, it's just been, it's been amazing, man. The fans, the city, they deserve it, man. They deserve it all, man. Yeah, you, you were three and 15 your first year that you played for Chattanooga in the league. Now oh, wow. you win this thing. Why? Why were you able to be a part of something that was able to completely flip like this? Man, just, man, Coach Paris, man, he, he did a great job of, man, just, you know, putting the, right, putting the right guys in the right positions and just everything he don't, everything, he, you know, he got a chance to buy us into, man, just believe in the process and believe in, it, in, his, in his system and everything that he's, and he's about. And, and he did a great job of just year after year, you know, we improved year after year, man. It's just all about, you know, staying with it, staying with it. You know, adversity happens, stick with it, stick with it. Well, listen, David, congratulations on the win. Congratulations on the shot. That's going to be one of those all-time March moments where the replay gets played. I got to ask you this, though. Does, is anyone else going to get to hold that trophy, or is that yours for the rest of the night? Oh, no, I, I share my team, man. It, it's all of us, man. So they, they kind of just put it in my hands to hold it. So, I'm, you know, I'm kind of kind of uh, rocking with it now. Listen, so. you you earned it. You earned it. You got the uh, the Haitian flag uh, draped over your shoulder. And, uh, yeah, congrats, congrats. Heck of a performance. You, Heck of a win. Go celebrate, Thank man. You, get out of here. Go celebrate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go Mugs, baby. Yes, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I told you, man, David Jean Baptiste, fun kid. What a moment. What a shot. Uh, Prom, you touched on this a little bit earlier, and I kind of want to pick your brain on it. How how stressful are those those three days when you're at the mid-major level and you're playing in a conference tournament and you're a one uh, one bid league? You know, if you're if you're the one seed, do you feel hard done if you're not able to win that that uh, that automatic bid? Do you do I, and what do you think about like is that is that the right way to do is it the right to put everything on those three days even if a team goes 18 and 0 during the regular season yeah i've lived that life for four years and you know as an assistant for for plenty and um you know uh, being in a conference championship game at murray you know we won one we somebody missed the last second shot and then we got beat on two last second shots by belmont and one year we went in the tournament we had won 25 games in a row and we got beat on a last second shot and you go, you go to the NIT uh, and we were ranked at the time. And so I, I think number one, man, how awesome is that game tonight though? I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, March, March madness. That's why as much as you want to say, and we've already had four number one seeds beat Northern Iowa, Cleveland state, Towson, Texas state. Phenomenal job by those coaches to win your regular season off to anybody that's done that because to be the best from January or early December to the end of the year, that's consistency, that's sustained success. But I don't think you could ever take away these tournaments, you know, and not reward them because if you're playing tonight and it's not for an automatic bid, then it, the moment's not the same. But the pressure that those coaches feel in those moments, every possession from Chattanooga's win over the, the eight seed over Citadel on uh, whatever that was, Sunday or Saturday, and Furman's went over Mercer until they met here, every possession is magnified to where, you know, you're fortunate to win the ACC tournament, Big 12 tournament, Big 10 tournament. You may know you're already going to be at the four, four seed, five seed. This is everything at that level. And yeah. to see, let, let me ask you this, Goodman, because I I do think that I it, it's nice to kind of create a vibe where it's almost like a 358 team tournament. Everyone gets put into their conference tournaments. If you win, you get to advance into the national tournament. 
You should see I the think, shot, by the way. The Navy women just hit to beat Holy yeah. Cross. No, I see. Yeah, I saw it. I, I, <laughs> Holy I crap. You, you think she called bank? I do not think so, but wow. That's maybe we need to get shot. maybe we need to get her on after dark. Um, but I, I, I do think that um at the end of the day, uh I don't I don't know. I don't remember what I was talking about. I have no you were idea. saying you, you got me completely. I know where you were track. going with it. You were going with the fact that a res- regular season title compared to a, a postseason three days. I've oh, always no, no. said oh, this. I got it. I got it now. Here, here's what I think. If they expand the NCAA tournament, yep. you have to make sure that you make room for mid-major league regular season champions as well. So you can get more than one bid from the red. Cause that's what we want. Cinderella's man. I don't need yep. to see. I don't need to see a five and 13 team from the ACC in the NCAA tournament. I already know they suck. I, right. If you could give me Furman and Chattanooga in the NCAA tournament, oh, I'm yeah. there. I know Prome is with me. I want to know if you're with me, Goodman. 100%. I've been with you all along on this. I want more mid, mid-major teams in the tournament because it is more fun the first weekend, which is honestly the weekend that everybody gravitates to, right? Yeah. Like the Final Four is great, but a lot of times the Final Four are for the diehards. But the first and second round, that's when everybody's filling up their bracket that's when everybody's watching, no matter who. They don't care. They don't, they don't the care holidays. the players as much. They just want to win their games. They, they want the Cinderella stories, the upsets, the, the buzzer beaters. That's what everybody's got 100 bets in on Bet River Sportsbook. That's what yeah. it is. And if you follow <laughs> it, you know Furman and Chattanooga are both more than capable of winning a game. You That's know, right. um, yep. in the Where did Furman win this year, Prone? Where did Furman win this year? They won at Louisville. And they won at the Yum Center. Yep, they wanted the Yum Center. Didn't everybody beat Louisville? Yeah, but this was before. This was before. This was before. <laughs> this was. This we was thought that was a big win. Then. We thought it we was did. a big win back yeah. then. Well, it was a game they probably Furman thought, hey, we can go get this one. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, when you're a mid major and you get your buy games, there's the ones you sign up for where, hey, this yeah. is going to be a great experience. But there's also the ones you sign up for where it's, <laughs> hey, we can get those guys. Yeah, sure. that's why you, you do it for the experience. It's not for that check. Right, you do it. It's all for the experience, right, yeah. bro? A little bit of both. Sometimes, <laughs> a little right, bit well, of both, Steve. Well, yeah. listen, we've had we've had five automatic bids uh, given out already. We've had Murray State win one. Shout out to Steve Prone for that one. He, I know he was happy. Uh, Longwood Griff Aldrich who was on the show yesterday. We had Loyola Chicago in the Mount uh, in the Missouri Valley, almost the Mountain Valley. Uh, Chattanooga one tonight, and Georgia State picked up uh, their automatic birthday to the NCAA tournament tonight. Uh, the two big ones there, Murray State and Loyola Chicago. Murray State is in no matter what. So them winning saved yeah. a bubble team uh, a, a, a bit. A, a bubble did not burst when Murray State won. Same thing with Loyola. I don't know if Loyola would have been on the right side of the bubble. They were right there on the cut line regardless of what happened. So that means that there's no bubble teams that are going to be sweating out Loyola potentially being an at-large bid. Let me ask you this, Goodman. Two bubble teams got saved. Who were those two teams and who has the most on the line right now in your mind? All right, so there's one person in one team that I think has the most on the line this week. And I think it's clear. I, I do. I think it's so clear. I think this guy could lose his job if it goes the wrong way. And if it goes the right way, he saves his job, gets in the NCAA tournament. It might all be forgotten. And that's Travis Steele of the Xavier Musketeers. He's in year four. They were great. I mean, like it feels like an eternity ago now, but it was probably – three weeks ago that they were a top 25 team and they've gone, I think three and eight. Is that right? Three and eight in their last 11. They've lost a lot. I, 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 they I have lost a lot. They've lost a lot. 
Yeah, I think they're three and eight in their last 11. And now they are right on the bubble. And they open the Big East tournament uh, with Butler. Butler yeah. And if they lose to Butler, because Butler's also, it, it's, it might be a game, I, I hate to say it. I hate to do this with Pro on here, but it might be a game of um, both guys needing to win to to save their jobs. Lavelle Jordan. Let me let me put this. Your your it was they've lost uh, they've lost. Um, I think it's nine out of uh, nine out of thirteen down the stretch, right? Um, yeah, nine out of thirteen games down the stretch. On on Saturday, January second, Xavier was fourteen and three overall, and they were in the top twenty on Ken Palm. I know you hate Ken Palm, but they were in the top twenty on Ken Palm. As of today, as of this very moment, they are 18 and 12 overall. They finished 8 and 11 in the Big East, and they are outside the top 50 in the metrics. And going from top 20 to outside the top 50 is basically going from you're trying to get a top four seed to, oh, my God, I hope that we make it to the NCAA tournament because we could miss this thing. Yeah, it's a tough one, and it's year four for Travis. He hasn't gotten to the tournament yet, and they have the talent. They do. They they had everything. Steve, you saw them in the preseason – you know, they, they had uh, veterans, toughness. I, I said it early, and I'm usually wrong, but I think I was right on this one when I said you cannot play Zach Fremantle and Jack Nunji together. Remember, Fremantle was hurt early. Nunji was terrific, and they were rolling. And then I asked him. He was on the show, and I think I asked him. I said, what are you going to do when Fremantle comes back? And he said, I'm going to play them together. And it looked good early. They were pretty good early. And then I think it caught up with them, especially in the defensive end. Yeah, I think you just got so many teams now, you know, that that are small. I mean, you know, you look at Villanova there. I mean, they're so versatile the way they play. They spread you out. You know, it could be four guards or, or five guys that can play with the ball in their hands or on the perimeter. And it just makes it tough. But I, I was really impressed with Xavier in the fall when I saw them. I walked out of there like, Man, they're long, they're athletic, and they were missing yep. a couple guys. You know, Fremantle was hurt, and I mean, they had the great win over Ohio State. They had some, some, some really, obviously, a great start. Yeah, uh, but they've got to get that one against Butler. Um, and you know, they're one of the teams, and you touched on that. They got to hope these number one seeds that that are that are that are you know that are tournament teams win their leagues. You know, at the mid major kind of that mid-major plus, if you want to call it, high-major minus leagues to get the automatic bids. But, you know, and then Rutgers, you know, I just I'm, – I'm still baffled that these metrics were still come, – come, you know, we're still analyzing the four seed in the Big Ten that they can't be in the NCAA tournament. Like, well, what kind we of metrics – with Tim Miles in, in Nebraska in 2018, I think. He was the four seed, and he didn't get any because they didn't beat anyone in, in Big Ten play. I mean, the issue is they have horrendous losses. Yeah. Like they in lost the conference too. In non-conference, non-conference they, they, they lost to Lafayette. Bad. They lost to Lafayette at home. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure that right now, if you lined them up, Jeff Goodman can start at the four for Lafayette. I saw Lehigh. I think I could play at Lehigh. Goodman, according according to Goodman, he can still touch the rim at his. Well, uh, we'll find his, that out. We're gonna find that out old, in three weeks. I his, haven't. I don't think I've even jumped in about a year. So. Uh, we're, we're going to find that out when I, when you're, I, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to rupture an Achilles and have a torn meniscus could happen. do everything, everything that could happen to a knee, uh, you're going to end up doing. So we were supposed to do a whole segment on, uh, which team has the most, uh, on the line this week in, in conference tournament weekend. And all three of us came up with the same team. And that was, uh, 
That, no, that Steve was went Rutgers. Steve threw a Steve little Rutgers, Rutgers sprinkle. Well, in I there. went Rutgers. I didn't know you went Xavier, so I was going to play off off another team. And then Indiana. I mean, you could say yeah. Indiana because, yeah. you know, they, they still have some work to do, in my opinion, um, in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but there's games there for them to win to where if everything holds serve and they can finish strong in the Big Ten tournament, then maybe they can sneak on, you know, get in on the backside. But um, Xavier, though, man, that's they need to make sure that none of these one seeds lose. I'll yeah. give you one more. Can I give you one more? Absolutely. The Florida game. Anything more in my entire life. The Florida <laughs> oh, yeah, Gators and Mike White. That's a good they, one. They got in the first round on Thursday, they get Texas A&M. Which they should win, but AM's decent. Like I think you gotta win that one, then you get Auburn. And you win two, and I think you're in. I actually think they win two, they're in. Now that's not gonna be easy, but I think it's in front of them. Where again, you can make up a lot of ground sometimes here. You know, you go on a little bit of a run and reel off two or three in a row and get a couple, you know, get a ranked team or a top team like Auburn, and you have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially as long as you're still playing. You know, some of these leagues are done. Right. Some of these leagues are finished. Yep. You're still playing. That means you've got room to get some some quality wins. And, um, you know, that would be huge for Mike. I mean, he has, he's taking the Gators to the NCAA tournament every single year, you yes. know. Uh, and he gets and crucified for it. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that, you know. He's yep. not Billy Donovan. He's never going to be Billy Donovan. Nobody's going to follow Billy Donovan. You know, it's it's still a football school there. And, and they need to upgrade a lot of things in Gainesville. Well, listen, uh, we're, we, we have to pay the bills here. But when we come back, um, coming up next, we release our All-American teams. We released our Player of the Year. We released our Coach of the Year. And I do think that we surprised some people with the, uh, the name that we chose for National Player of the Year. Uh, we're going to get into that next. Clear for 90. Uh, Greg, do we have any questions in the chat right now? We sure do. I like this one from Donnell Wilson. He wants Steve Prohm to answer, did Furman take the shot too early tonight, allowing Chattanooga to have the chance for the miracle shot? No, Furman was down one, right? Am I, am I, I'm not, no, they were tied. They were it tied. was tied? Uh, no, I, I think, I mean – they went to the basket. I mean, they slipped the ball screens. I mean, they ran a great horns action, slipped out. Uh, they got Bothwell going downhill left. I mean, he shot it with about five seconds, four seconds. Still gives you opportunity to tip one in. I mean, one minute. I don't. I don't think so. I, th- I thought they played that great. I just Chattanooga hit a hit a tough, tough shot, and that's you got to live with it. Yeah. All right, here's another yeah, one. You want time. You want time. You want time. You want time for a tip too. I mean, yeah. you, you do. You want to save maybe a second or so that if you can get a tip around the basket. So I, I didn't have a major problem with it either. I, no. When again, I, when listen. I finished watching that game, I didn't say, man, they went too early. I didn't, that, that, that thought process, it was more, Hey, they didn't get them turned. They didn't get them turned in transition. That was my thought. All right. Here's another one for prom as a coach. Would you rather lose like Towson tonight where they're just down like 10 kind of comfortable loss? Or would you rather lose on a miracle shot like Furman did? No, nah, lose on a miracle shot. I mean, it's ten seconds. I, you want to be in the battle. If you're a competitor, man, let me be in the battle and uh, let me dance and let me let me feel that heartache and, and know that Two, I fought. One. And we are back. It is the field of sixty-eight after 
Dark. We're live on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPN News Station. We're streaming over on YouTube. If you are watching there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe uh, button. Jump in the chat. Ask, them some, ask us some questions. We answer them uh, during breaks. My name is Rob Doster. With me, Steve Prohm, Jeff Goodman, and we were three of the 11 voters on the panel that we had uh, for the Field of 68 official player of the year coach of the year freshman of the year defensive player of the year and all american teams we are going to talk about those picks right now and we're going to break them all down uh goodman i think you were with me in that most of the season we were both kind of on johnny davis is the national player of the year johnny davis is the national player of the year johnny davis is the national player of the year and both of us at the last minute threw a curveball we you flopped too too. you flopped flopped too i flopped too i went to oscar shiba so tell me why you switched Peer pressure. It was all peer pressure. No, <laughs> it was it was just watching Oscar and saying to myself that you know what? Like it's hard because when you watch a big, I don't I don't want to say it's just not the same as watching a, a wing like Johnny Davis that's smooth, that you put the ball in his hands and he could just make a play, great mid-range, just again, just silky smooth. Plus, he's he's a terrific rebounder for somebody his size. And I thought he impacted. I just didn't think Wisconsin was any good besides him. I really, I said it over and over. I didn't think they were even maybe an NIT team. So I, I felt like, yes, Kentucky didn't have great talent around Oscar, but they had a hell of a lot more than Wisconsin. And they were both kind of similar in terms of where they ended. You know, to me, two seeds that I thought before the loss to Nebraska at home, uh, Wisconsin would have had an outside shot at a, at a one seed. At least I would have put him there. But anyway, that's not here near, near there. Oscar was so dominant. The hardest damn playing big man that I have seen probably maybe ever covering this. I, I would have said it was Domus Sabonis before this, but I, I think Oscar plays harder and man, averaging 15 boards a game every day. I mean, those these teammates don't even try to get a board. They honestly just stand around and watch him go get every rebound. Yeah, Prom, you went you went the cheap way too, right? Yeah, I went Oscar. I mean, just a dominant performance. I was just uh, that's that's high praise to to say the hardest player. You know, yeah. um, you know, I mean, a couple that come to mind that I Kenneth Fareed was was phenomenal. That yep. you know, we played against him for a while. His motor ran like crazy. And then when I was in college, Antonio McDice was phenomenal but Oscar Shibwe I just thought he just he got Kentucky back where they're supposed to be you know and when you just consistently the hardest thing to do is just dominate the glass because that's toughness it's effort and you have to do it every night and there's nothing pretty about it like you know you're not getting 27 points you're not getting you know that kind of love and he did it every day and he has a great personality about it and I just thought he was no question deserving you know, the only thing you could say is, you know, Kentucky didn't win the SEC. If you had one little, you know, they, right. they finished a game behind. But he he was my guy, and I really for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there was a clear answer. I think that you could have probably picked uh, three or four different members of our first team. We'll get to that in a second, and, and felt justified in that decision. I don't think like it came down to when when you break it all down, we had seven voters pick Oscar and four pick Johnny Davis and when you actually added up all the numbers uh it was 28 points to 26 points the way that it kind so of if, if you and I didn't flip if you and I didn't flip then Johnny would Davis would have won would have been Johnny Davis yeah Johnny yeah. Davis would have won 
if one of us didn't flip, then it would it would have been a tie. But I will say this: um, it's would have been a tie. Always, there were eleven voters, Rob. It would have just no, your mouth you sucks. Get, you, you get three for first place, two for second. This place. This is what one, we're dealing with, Pro. This is what we're place. dealing with. No, you don't. You don't. You don't understand, Goodman. It's okay. I do. It's okay. I do. There's got to be a tie. You under, no, you don't. Most, most first place votes. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right, Rob. In that man, it really could have gone to several guys. I think that's yep. no question. I mean, Johnny Davis, what he did with Wisconsin for them to win the Big Ten. I know, you know, I know it's you. People can say it put a sour taste because they got beat by Nebraska. But at the end of the day, they won the Big Ten. You know, it was still they, that's they still, had the outright. It, yeah, you know? it's it's still objectively hilarious that they they partied as hard as they did after winning because they were like, yeah, we we could beat Nebraska. <laughs> think, and they go yeah. and they lose to Nebraska, which is it's almost as funny as Coach K losing on his uh on his final night in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Not quite, not quite as that funny was that. But um, I, I will say this though, it's it's very weird picking a guy to win national player of the year that can't really go get his own shot. Right. That, that was the one weird thing to me is like, yep. normally you want, when you think about national player of the year, it's like, okay, we're going to start a team. Who is the first guy that you're going to pick? And I don't know if there's really like, it, it wouldn't be Oscar Shibwe. What no. I came down to was I think Kentucky is a top three to five team in college basketball at minimum. I don't think Kentucky is a top 25 team without Shibwe because I think he is the reason why everything fits together. Right. And why everything works the way that it does. They can run a transition because they don't have to worry about sending five guys to the defensive glass because they got that monster inside. They don't get beat in transition because they really only need to send one guy to the offensive glass to dominate the offensive glass. He is the anchor that allows them to kind of run offense around him. Uh, and I think that most importantly, he sets a tone of unselfishness on that team. Like when your best players are dude, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go get every rebound. Don't worry about running. I don't, I don't need shots. When he's that dude, I think that it's kind of it changed a little bit what the the culture and the attitude and the mindset of that roster is. And if you looked at Kentucky teams in past years, I don't think that they played. I, I think Oscar is a refreshing presence. I think is probably the way to say it in terms of the way that 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 uh, that locker room operates. All right, coach of the year. Um, I went with Ed Cooley. Uh, it kind of came down to Ed Cooley or Tommy Lloyd. Um, Prom, I don't, I did you, I don't think you had Cooley. I think he was one of your three. No, Who did you have? I, no, I had, Coach Cooley. I had Ed Cooley one. I had him one. I had guard and then, uh, and then I had Matt. I had McMahon. I mean, you were 30 and two. I think you, you, you deserve some, some, you deserve a vote. You know, if you're picking three, you, he deserves to be one of the three. But again, there's several. Tommy Lloyd, I thought about him hard. Yep. Scott Drew, thought yep. about him hard. Uh, obviously, Bruce Pearl, you know, I mean, I think all the same guys. guys. You yeah. know, you, you could have taken those six guys and thrown them up and, and, and not argued with any of them. And even Brad Underwood, I mean. I'll give you one more. You know. I'll give you one more that I think deserves to be in the top five conversation. Mark Adams, Texas Tech. Yeah. You know who I had in my top three? I don't know if Go you ahead. guys are going to agree with this. John Calipari. I, I, I could see agree. that, too. I don't and agree. I could see that. I could see that, too, though. I mean – I mean, they're going to win. They're going to win probably close to twenty more games than last year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, they won what seven, eight, nine games last year, and you know he did a great job. You know what you can in one year. He flipped it. He got what he needed. He, he changed the things he needed. He brought in the guys he needed, and and they're back. And if they're winning the SEC tournament on Sunday, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yep. All right. Let's get into uh, our our first season. So Jabari Smith won our freshman of the year. That was. Uh, close to a consensus i think two people had 
Chet as number one. Defensive player of the year was Walker Kessler. That was more or less a consensus. So let's get into the All-American teams. And it was uh, pretty obvious that the the five members of our first team All-America were Oscar Shibwe, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, Kofi Coburn, and Oshai Abaji. There were some other votes that were sprinkled in there. Some people like Colin Gillespie, some people like Jaden Ivey, et cetera. But it was, it was overwhelming that it was those five. I want to ask you guys this. We have uh, our producer, Greg Waddell, pointed this out. We have three players on our first team All-American team from the Big Ten. And I don't think I'm alone in kind of writing off the Big Ten in terms of having a national title favorite somewhere in that conference. Is that something that adds up, Jeff? I mean, listen, you could say Purdue and Illinois are in the convo, but they're not they're not at the top of the they're not on tier one anymore. Like I think mm-hmm. Purdue was there, but their defense hasn't gotten better. So I, I that worries me. So I think they're both in that like second tier, but the first tier is small to me. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't put Arizona in the first tier. I put I put Arizona probably in, in the middle of those two. I don't no, I put Gonzaga, Kentucky. Do we have that mute, Do we have that mute yet? And we got the mute button. I'm telling you, I don't put them with Gonzaga, Kentucky. If I'm betting my house on teams, I'm not betting my house on Arizona. I'm going to bet it on Gonzaga, Kentucky. Uh, I don't know who else, but you know, I I think Gonzaga. How, how many Kentucky, houses do you have to bet first? Like first of all, I only have one house, have? so I would be homeless. <laughs> I would be yeah, home. You're going to lose something, man. You can't, not all of those teams are going to be able to win. I just, I, to me, Arizona is a top. I, I think Gonzaga is the clear, uh, the clear best team in the country right now. It should be the clear favorite, the clear favorite on bet rivers. They are only a three, three and a half to one. Um, the odds right now for them to win a title. Uh, then to me, it's, it's probably Arizona, Kentucky. I think Auburn's right there. Um, and I think you can make the argument for Duke if they show up because of how talented they are. It's probably right there. And Baylor, if they were healthy, I would say would be yeah. right there as well. And they're then not you kind there. of like then you yeah. slowly kind of like trend down. But to me, there's about 12 or 13 teams. Kansas is up there, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's Gonzaga to me is kind of like a, a, a shade above everybody else. And then there's like a jumble of 11 or 12 teams. I just it's, it's very weird to me. I don't have any of the, the Big Ten teams in there. I think I would not be shocked if Illinois made a final four. I think Purdue has the firepower to get to a final four. Honestly, if, if I was going to pick one single team based on the odds that you can get at Bet Rivers, if there's one team that I was going to bet on to make it to a final four, it might, it might be Iowa. It really might be Iowa because you get the longer odds. I think they're better defensively than they've been prone. You, you don't, you don't like that. No, 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 no. Like you like I'm that. Just, well, I spent six years in Ames, so I don't know if I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it finally comes out. So, He's got Matt McMahon the hatred. saying that Iowa can't do it. Yeah. He's not buying it. We, finally, we finally broke you. We finally broke yeah. the coach speak wall. All right, we're good. No, Let's no, do it. I've never heard Steve Prome be like mad at anybody, but he hates the Iowa Hawkeyes. No, no, no. I, I, I <laughs> you just, you know, your name, Jay, you got, you can't root for Iowa, you know, but no, I think what Fran's done this year is remarkable though. I mean, the guys that he lost, you lose Garza and you lose those guys that he lost off that team last year and to come back and have a top yeah. 20 team. I mean, I'm watching them last night and they had a great chance to win that game. And I'm looking at him like, dang, man, Fran's got them top 20 and they're 12 and seven in the league. He's done a great job there, and he's done it over a long period of time. 
Uh, all right, Goodman, we gotta we gotta get to a break here in a second. But before we do, I just the, our second team All American, All American team was uh, Colin Gillespie, Ben Matherin, Jaden Ivy, Jabari Smith, and Drew Timmy. And third team we had your boy JD Note, EJ Liddell, Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, and Walker Kessler. Did anybody get snubbed? Is there anyone that's not on one of those three teams that you think has to be on there? Not really. No. Here's my only thought on that. Go ahead. And and I know he was injured, but Baylor's third in the country. And nobody's on there. James Akinjo can't make it. Nobody. No, and, because and they I were get so balanced, Steve. Yeah. You know, but I just, you know, I thought he was big for them. And I, I get it. I mean, the, the guards and they, you know, the, the fluctuating roster. But, you know, that's obviously a credit to Scott Drew and his staff, too, did a phenomenal job. But, you know, third in the country, you, you'd think you're going to you're going to have somebody on an All-American team. Yeah, the only reason I had didn't have him on there was because he kind of – I think that he kind of fell off a little bit down the stretch of the season. And I, I love him. Look, I had a preseason first team all Yeah, that's why I, I said lo- I know you're, you've got some Akinjo bias in you. I thought about yeah, David I, Roddy. Guys, I thought about David Roddy getting him on the the you know he's right up knocking on the door of that top fifteen. Colorado State's been good, not phenomenal. If they, you know, if they had won the Mountain West, I probably would have put David Roddy on there. Yeah, well, listen, we uh, we got to pay the bills. But coming up next, we are going to dive into every single one of the Power Six conference tournaments, and Jeff Goodman is going to give you the winners. So if you want winners, Jeff Goodman is yeah. giving you winners. I'm ready. Coming coming up next. Clear for 90. They got best beats on sports or bad beats right now on SportsCenter with uh, with SVP and Stanford Steve. And they might as well just just do every single bet that I made at Bet Rivers this weekend. Just put every single bet that I made, put it all by there on the screen. And just heartbreaker after heartbreaker after heartbreaker. Anyway, Greg, get, get us some questions so I can be distracted from this, uh, this, this hideous nonsense. I just want to start with a comment. We've got Joey accusing Goodman here of eating glue for breakfast. I think that came after your Arizona take. Do you eat glue for breakfast, Jeff? Do not eat. I don't think I've ever eaten glue for breakfast. Maybe when I was a kid. One minute. That's more, that's, more like a, that's more like an afternoon snack thing for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, all I'm saying is I think like Gonzaga, Kentucky are a step above every and, – and even Duke, maybe because of their talent, I think they're above the Arizona, Auburn, Villanova. That would be my second tier to me. Like – and I, there's some others in there, but I – I just don't think they're in that top tier that, again, if I'm seconds. betting my house on them, I'm going Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Duke above Arizona and the yeah, rest I, of I, the, You have them as 20 top seconds. five to seven teams, so you're, you're clearly a hater and clearly entirely biased and think that they suck and want Tommy Lloyd fired. Do I have that right? No. 10 seconds. Hey, after your comments on Arizona, are you going to have to stay in Tempe when you go there? Five. I know, I know. It would not. He's going to sleep on Sean's. I'm going to have to change. Two, <laughs> one, <laughs> and we are live. It is the field of sixty-eight after dark. We are on Sirius XM channel eighty-four. That is the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. If you're watching on the stream, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out, guys. Let's uh let, let's help out the channel a little bit. Um, listen, why we do you talk always about... start with and and we are live? Why can't you just drop the word and and just say we are live? Why do you always start everything with all right? 
don't know. I didn't know I did. <laughs> you didn't know that was coming, did you? Woo! I did not. No, I did hey, not. All right, hey, I'm going to drop the all right. You drop the end. I'm dropping the all get, right. Get the body bag out for good. Uh, listen, we got to talk about these. Uh, these Now you're in my head because you, you hear me freeze up there. We're, we're, we got to talk about these conference tournaments. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you through some of the favorites, the lines at Bet Rivers. Then I'm going to ask you guys to each make a pick on who is going to win. And right. someone that you think is going to surprise some people in that specific tournament. We are starting with the ACC. Duke is minus one thirty-seven to win it all at Bet Rivers. I don't think I need to give you any other odds because I think Duke wins every Carolinas. game by twenty-five points. Uh, Carolina six to one, but I think Duke wins every game by twenty-five points in that conference tournament. Goodman, am I wrong? Uh, no, no. I, I'd like to say you're wrong because it's 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 fun to say you're wrong. But you are not wrong on this one. I mean, I think that was like the ultimate wake-up call. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kay took away everything for, for the Duke players. He, he did it years ago. Remember, I broke that story years ago when he took away everything. And it's like this big headline on ESPN and whatever. Maybe he did it again. Who tipped you off to go find that? Who tipped you off to go get that story? Maybe, maybe he did it again. He likes doing that. <laughs> I mean, that's happened. I'm sure it's happened, you know, 20 times over his – Maybe 42 times. Maybe he's done it with every team <laughs> once over the, the course of his career. But no, Duke's going to, they're going to win this thing. They'll win the ACC tournament. Pro, who's going to surprise people at Barclays this weekend? Man, I'm going to say Virginia. Um, I'm going to go with Virginia just because of their style of play. Um, they can play multiple games because of their style of play, their pace of play offensively. Obviously, they're well, very, very, very well coached and they're yeah. defensive minded. And so, uh, and they've played well the back end of the year. So if I'm going to take a sleeper team, I'm going to go Virginia. All right. We're uh, going to get into the Big Ten next. Purdue, uh, plus 175. Illinois is plus 275. Iowa, surprisingly enough, uh, is plus 400. Four to one odds to win the Big Ten tournament. And we have Wisconsin at eight to one. Uh, Prome, who is winning it? I need, you to, I need you to tell me right now, who is winning the Big Ten tournament? Illinois. Illinois, okay. Uh, Illinois. I, I just, man, there's something about that group. Um, even even listening to them last night when you, you know, I like to go and listen to coaches' press conferences. I like to hear what they say. I like to hear what the players say. They got they got more to prove, I think. I think they have more to prove. And, and then the defending Big Ten tournament champions as well. And, you know, it's amazing, you know, how you can have special years and lose a special player like Io. You know, and Io helped them get it to where they're at now. And then the other guys have now carrying the torch further. And that's pretty cool to see from that standpoint if you're a coach looking at it from a coach standpoint. So I'd go Illinois. Goodman, who's going to make some noise in this uh, in this tournament? Who do you think can, can surprise some people? Are you going uh, to Nebraska? They've won three I'll, in a row. I'll they go with Michigan. On the road. Okay. I'm going to go Michigan here because I, I think they got a little momentum. They won a game uh, without Hunter Dickinson, who – According to my sources, might have had some bad chicken in Columbus and was unable to play. Um, but yeah, it, it. I think Michigan. You get Hunter back. Obviously, uh, Diabate has played terrific, and the key has been Devonte Jones. He's been awesome lately, and if they can just get Caleb Houston, and, and really Terrence Williams was great the other day. So, I, I think they're more well-rounded now, and and Devonte Jones is a completely different player than he was earlier this season. So I'll take Michigan. They got to get past Indiana and Illinois, which is no, going to be no easy task. 
All right, let's head over to the Garden Goodman. Villanova is plus 150 as the two seed. Uh, UConn is plus 300 as the three seed. Providence, who won the Big East regular season title outright, is plus 500. They are the third favorite, according to our friends at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, Jeffrey, who's winning this thing? Uh, the Villanova Wildcats. I mean, come on. Do we really? I know you're shaking your head, Mr. UConn. Jim Calhoun's going to be in the house, so you got to kiss up to him. I know you're going to take the Huskies, but I'm going to take the team, the culture team that did not win the regular season title. And despite beating Providence twice, they're going to be hungry for this one. So I'm taking Colin Gillespie and the Villanova Wildcats. Prome, who's going to surprise people? Seton Hall. I think they've won their last five. They've won eight out of ten. You know, they've struggled with COVID during the years. They've struggled with injuries. And I think, uh, you know, Kevin and his group's got something to prove. And there's no better stage, like we talked off air, than the guard to prove it. And, you know, I like Seton Hall. Hey, how about the road? Listen to this. Xavier's road. Butler. Now, again, they've been terrible, I know. But if they can get one against Butler, they get Providence in the quarters. Then they would get the winner of Marquette Creighton. They could get in, honestly, they could go to the finals. And it wouldn't surprise – they were favored. They have more talent than maybe all those teams. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Just saying. They should, they, just they, saying. Should, they should win. They should win it. They also should not have lost nine of the last 13. All right, uh, we got to go Let's get to the Big 12. Uh, Prohm's old stocking grounds. Kansas is plus 200. Baylor is plus 225. Texas Tech is plus 250. Texas plus 500. And my sleeper, Prohm, TCU, 17 to 1 odds. Uh, who is winning this tournament? Tell me right now. I need you to give me a winner. Who's winning it? Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm going to go with Kansas uh, because they, if they could get, you know, if they as they get in that semifinal final round, Big 12, if you've been in that environment, and Iowa State, they call it Hilton South there. They support it. So if they move on, they'll have a home court advantage as well too. But I like Kansas because the environment's going to be really, really pro-Kansas. It's going to be hard to beat them in there. Goodman? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just don't – like Baylor, I love Baylor. I love everything they've done. I just yeah. – I think they're too shorthanded uh, to make a run. And I, I, honestly, I, I, I believe the best thing for this Baylor team is probably not to go deep in the Big 12 tournament and get rest, especially if they only have six, seven guys, which is what it looks like right now. Yeah, TCU is the uh, is the sleeper. Watch out for them. They get Texas in the the quarterfinals, and then they play Kansas twice. Last week, they get them in the uh, as the potential matchup in the semis. All right, Pac twelve. Arizona is minus one twelve. UCLA is plus one seventy five. Goodman, Oregon plus eight hundred. UCL uh, USC plus one thousand ten to one odds, and then winning it. Who do you like out there in the Pac twelve? I thought we were talking about the power league. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see by the way can i can i tell you something do you know that the ad and this is totally off a tangent in the pac-12 the ad uh at at now oregon state gave wayne, wayne tinkle an extension after he went to the elite eight last year with a buyout of about uh, I, I don't know the exact number but it's it's a ton of money like i want to say it's like 15 million it's the same ad Scott Barnes, who hired Kevin Stallings of Pittsburgh. 
Okay. I He's just wanted to say good. that. I have no reason. It just hit me in the head. And I, I wanted to let you guys know that Scott ben. Barnes has made two of the um, not bright moves. In, Scott in Barnes. Athletics. Scott Barnes confirmed not as good as his, at his job as Scotty Barnes is. Uh, that <laughs> very is true. Confirmed. Very, very true. Um, Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman picked Arizona to win it. There you go. Locked and loaded. Prome. Let's go to the SEC. Kentucky. Uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, those are the top four teams. Do you see anybody from outside of that group making it to the semifinals? Can anyone crash that party? I think LSU and Alabama have the ability. I mean, I think they have the talent level and the players to do it. Um, They just haven't been as consistent as those other guys, you know, all season long. But I think there's no question that there's there's one or two teams in the league that can do it as those two. Goodman, who's who's one of the SEC? Give it to me right now. You got 10 seconds. Uh, I will go Kentucky. Wendell Green, Auburn, SEC champions. <laughs> the dual champions <laughs> for Wendell Green. If that right, happens, bro, right. I will I will apologize. I will make a handwritten letter, and I will apologize to him because he will have earned it. He will have deserved it. All credit to him. I hope Auburn does it. Listen, uh, we got we to gotta pay the bills here. But coming up next, there are two blue bloods or borderline blue bloods that have played their they played their way into the in, into the NCAA tournament. Steve Prohm doesn't trust them quite yet. We're going to tell you who they are and why next. Clear for 90. Gregory, give me some questions. Yes, sir. I got one from Keith Keller for Mr. Jeff Goodman. Is Lamont Paris going to get a big coaching job soon? He'll have a chance now. You know, the, the, the thing with him is he can go Midwest because he was at Wisconsin or down South. I think there's more jobs that are going to open in the SEC. So I think he'll have a chance to get an SEC job this year. You know, the only ones really in the Midwest, Kansas State might open, but there'll be a bunch in the SEC. That turn over. We need, uh, we need Lamont Paris at a program that people care about so we can get Paris in all of these headlines. There's so many, so many plays on the word Paris that you can use in the name Paris. Like what? Got the Paris of the Pac-12 when he goes out and wins the the Pac-12 tournament. You have the Paris of the Big Twelve. You know how they call Manhattan the 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 little apple? Manhattan, Kansas yes. is a little apple. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it's a little Paris. It's not very good. <laughs> 30 seconds. Not very good. All right, give us not another. Very good. All right. Not Goodman is not All right, quick yet. round the horn from all three of you guys. Give me a mid-major that you think could potentially make the second weekend that is not Gonzaga. 20 you seconds. You cannot say Murray State, Prome. You cannot say Murray State. I'm going St. Mary's. Uh, 10 seconds. <clears throat> Colorado State. Whoever comes out of Conference Five. USA. UAB, if they win it. Two. Yeah, UAB One. North Texas for sure could. We are live. It is the field of 68. Good job. After dark, my name is Rob Dosser. I have Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman and Murray State super fan. I can't believe you didn't wear the jersey we sent you, Prome. Uh, we have Steve Prome here. I should probably say your name. We're going to talk about some a couple of these blue bloods here that have uh, played their way into the dance. We have North Carolina and Memphis. They may Memphis may not technically be a blue blood, but they do wear blue. So I'm throwing them in that same conversation. According to our friends over at the Fielding the 68 uh, bracket show, North Carolina is a nine seed right now. Memphis is a 10 seed. As of last week, both of those teams were on the bubble. 
uh, and one of them was on the wrong side of the bubble. Steve, you said uh, you don't fully trust those two teams yet. Uh, I, I think I'm kind of there as well, but I'm curious why you don't trust those two teams. Well, I just think we just – they're starting to figure it out. I mean, for Carolina going to Duke and win that game, and then you saw the locker room scene with Hubert and Brady and, and, and Baycott, uh, and I think maybe R.J. Davis is in as well. You can see, man, all right, the belief. They've stuck together, and everybody's tried to criticize them, right? Everybody's trying to knock them off the wall. In there. And so, but I want to see them follow, really go play well at the ACC tournament. That doesn't mean win it, but that means, hey, you know, to the semifinals, maybe to the finals. And then for Memphis, without question, Penny's done a phenomenal job of rallying the troops and putting them in a position out of the tournament to now, I think without question, they're in the NCAA tournament. Um, but they've got a legitimate chance right now because I think they're the hottest team in American now go tournament next week. And I think now you've got a ton of momentum then going into tournament. Goodman, you trust either of them? I mean, you can't completely trust either of them, but they both have talent and they both have some confidence that they didn't have. And as I've said, the best medicine for Memphis has been the AAC and a Houston team that let's face it, hasn't been whole for the whole league play, but you know, sometimes that doesn't matter. Like sometimes you just need like any sort of confidence, especially for a young team and a team that had, had been struggling and for Carolina. Yeah. I like the one thing I loved about them. I know they didn't have a lot to lose going into Durham and and they could play loose, but the one thing that we criticize them for all year was toughness, both mental and physical toughness. They answered the bell there. I mean, that's no a, that's a hell of an atmosphere. Yeah. Hey, while we're on, what what was the real moment being there at Duke at that Carolina game? I mean, the 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 lead up right before the game started is is incredible. I mean, just the way that the the students when they're waiting and uh, they have these like line whatever they're called judges or whatever they are. And and they come up and they all have numbers, groups of 12 and they run up and they get in, they huddle up and then they sprint in Cameron. And once, once it's ready to go, I mean, all these atmospheres right now after last year and not having them, yeah. it's just, you get goosebumps. And I got, I got goosebumps when Kay walked out and the 96 players were in the two lines you know, and he walked through them. I, I did. I got goosebumps in. It was awesome. Yeah. So for me, it was, I, I can't ever fully trust Memphis because Goodman, why? Hit the buzzer. Hit the buzzer, point guard play. They don't have any. Yeah. They are 352nd naturally uh, yep. in, in turnover percentage. So I can't ever fully trust them. Uh, but I thought Arch last night made a great point. If you line those teams up in the starting lineup, starting five against starting five, you're probably going to end up taking two or three guys at least from Memphis over whoever they're playing in the first round, maybe yeah. who they end up playing in the second round. So, um, that, and, and I will say this too, because I think they're, it, it's important. Uh, both of those teams, I think the biggest issues they had heading into, or at least earlier in the season was internally for Memphis. It was, the, I mean, we, we all saw it. it was the squabbles over who had power over that team. 
right? Is that team the freshmen? Is that team the upperclassmen? And now I think we see what it is. It is the upperclassmen and Jalen Duran who plays the way that those upperclassmen play. They have they have dog in them. They have fight. They defend. They play tough. Uh, they're ba- they're going to beat you up, and then they're going to try to win the game too. And then with North Carolina, I, that that was the hardest that they played all season long. Like we we talked about this on Saturday night, prone. They got punched in the mouth and they didn't fold. And that was the first time they've been punched in the mouth this season and did not fold. That was a team that folded earlier in the year and they did not do it this year. And I don't, I don't know if something changed in that locker room. I don't know if it was just uh, the moment and the environment kept them going, but that was their ceiling. We saw North Carolina ceiling for the first time this year. Yeah. And I think the one thing you see in credit Hubert Davis, he's got to have strong relationships with those kids for them to what everything, you know, they hear and then they, Cameron Indoor, after getting the way they got beat at home, Mike Duke, and you there, in the last game of Krzyzewski's career, Cameron, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – but it's fitting. It's like a movie. Like, if somebody was going there and beat him, it wasn't going to be Miami. It was going to be North Carolina. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that was a team supposed to beat him if it's going to be, you know. R.J. Davis was great. I mean – I thought he was kind of the difference maker. Caleb Love, we always talk as the difference maker because he's got the ability and the talent. You see it, and it kind of jumps off the page. But R.J. Davis is is the guy that kind of makes them go. And, you know, Baycott was great, you know, around the basket. He was terrific. Defensively, they came to play. But, again, I, I thought it was kind of the mental toughness that showed me that Maybe they can get this thing going at this point. And, you know, even if they went to a sweet 16, that would be a hell of a rebound from where they were two weeks ago. I mean, shit, you win one tournament game for North Carolina this year? One tournament game. Same thing with Memphis. You win one tournament. Making the tournament is a win considering where they were earlier on this year. Winning a game is a huge victory. And given, like, if they're in the tournament, I think that they're going to give somebody a shot. Whether if they're a seven, eight, nine, ten seed, they're going to give one of those top two seeds a shot. I don't want to see either of those teams in the tournament if I am a uh, a top two seed. Uh, we got about two minutes left here. Uh, Goodman, I think we need to put Memphis in. The, uh, I'm sorry, Michigan in this conversation as well. Without Hunter Dickinson, they went into I don't even know what the the building is called uh, at Ohio the State. The shot shot center. The shot center. They went in Thank and they won. Right shot center. Is that right? Something something. The yeah. house that uh, the house that Greg Oden built. Let's just go with that. There you go. <sighs> Yeah, no, it was a heck of a win. I mean, heck of a win and, you know, a win that takes, I think, a little bit of pressure off them when they play in Indiana in the Big Ten tournament this week. But, you know, I think what it showed me was that, again, Devontae Jones is capable of kind of taking this team on his shoulders a little bit. And now if they can just get Caleb Houston on track, I mean, he was 0 for 10. Now the key is Juwan Howard comes back now. And what is that going to be like for them? Is that at all a distraction? Are people still going to want to talk about it now that Juwan Howard's back? Because I think people have kind of moved on from it, you know, these last few games without Juwan and with Martelli. He's got to get through one press conference. That's what he's got to do. He's got to get through that first Big Ten tournament press conference, and then he'll be fine. Uh, The best thing that could have happened to them is that Wisconsin lost to Nebraska, and they are now the two seed, which means that we do not have a potential quarterfinal matchup between Michigan and Wisconsin. But listen, we are wrapping up here. If you want to continue with us, we're going to be answering questions. Head over to our YouTube channel. We are doing the After Dark Afters 
Steve Prohm, Jeff Goodman, and I are going to be answering questions from the chat. Uh, we thank you guys for joining us. This has been a blast. This has been Sirius XM Channel 84, the ESPNU station. Rob Doster signing off. Should be clear. All right, we're clear. Perfect. Uh, Gregory, what do we got? We got some questions. We got anyone in the chat? People hitting that like button? What's going on here? Yeah, we had to deal with a couple spam bots over the last 10 minutes or so in the chat. So I think that's killed the momentum a little bit. Let's get this chat popping, please, viewers. I got one for Prome, though. Who's the toughest guy you had to game plan for in your head coaching days? Oh, man. Uh, Probably as a bouquet at Kansas. I mean, he just... I don't even know if you could game plan for him. I mean, he's a, he was a load down there, but just trying to figure out ways to keep him off the block and just make it uncomfortable. For him. But he was, was it was was your game plan to just uh, send up a few hail marys and hope for the best? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he was he was he was a load down there, but he's one of them for sure. All right, I got another fun one. This is from Johnny Cakes. Uh, after watching Duke North Carolina this week, what former Duke player? Looks like they could still step on the floor and hoop. Does, uh, is that is that someone that's no longer playing in the NBA? I think that's fair. I mean, that's a fair parameter. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, Redick. Obviously, Redick would be the easy one because he just retired. That you know, Kyle Singler looks completely different, uh, shaved head. But you know, he's out of the league and has been. I asked him. I said, "What are you doing now?" He's like. Just kind of, I think he's in like a, a a big camper going around the country uh, doing yoga or something. I think that's what he told me. But Kyle Singler was, man, it was him and Kevin Love coming out of Oregon, same yoga. year in high school. He was awesome. Yoga. Well, that's what he said. I'm not going to, you know, try to, you know, change what he said. Uh, I quote people correctly, Robert. What are you saying? What are you insinuating? What are you getting at? That you make up shit. You just I only, I only, I only make up shit when, uh, when, when Greg Waddell says it. There you go. Uh, Bentley, David Bentley <laughs> said, "Jay Will." Yeah, Jay Will does look like he can still play. I saw Jay Will actually. How about this? I saw Jay Will years ago when he he tried to come back from the injury again, and he worked out for the Celtics, and it was I felt bad. It was a tough workout to watch. It was tough. Um, he still wasn't back back as far back as he could get before he retired again but uh but yeah reddick would be the easy pick there all right they're rolling in now we're gonna fly through a couple here this is from jack long why does brad underwood get zero love for big 10 coach of the year because they were considered the favorite in the league one of the favorites in the league one of the favorites to win the national title and he's done a lot but I think if you compare it to what the preseason's ex- expectations were for that team, uh, they have not surpassed them. And that's kind of what national coach of the year ends up being. How much do you surpass your preseason expectations by? And they did not do that. He's done a great job. He should be right there for big 10 coach of the year. I think him and Greg Gard are probably the two guys that I would pick for. I just think there are other, I'm not trying to take away what he's done. And I don't think either Jeff or Steve, I think they would both agree with me when I say this. There are just other guys that we would pick above him to be able to get that award. It, there's a great crop of potential coach of the year candidates this year. Am I right? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Absolutely. Was, you know, and Greg Gard though, Greg Gard is way, very well deserving of that award. Listen, I don't know if people they were picked what tenth in the Big Ten this year. Mm-hmm. So I would say preseason we did a top fifty. We did not have them in our top fifty. I bet you know most people ranking them. If you're ranking them one to a hundred in the preseason, you're doing a top hundred. They're probably somewhere in the sixty to seventy range in the preseason. Right now, you could argue that again they are. They're a top ten ish team. Rob, I just want to note that uh, we we have you on record now officially saying that you think Chris Collins is a better coach than Brad Underwood. That's nuts, man. That's absolutely nuts. Uh, New question. This is from Daniel D. Thoughts on Dayton making a run in the A-10 tourney and getting into the NCAA tourney? They're going to have to get the automatic bid if they're going to get in. That's my thought. I think they're sitting in that, that second four out. You know, it looks like in a lot of things. I mean, you just go back. They've got a young team. I think turn most everybody, if not everybody from their team. Yeah. Just those three by games. Yeah. The, the three by games early, the Austin P, the UMass Lowell, and uh and somebody else got them in there. They go to uh and then they go to Orlando and beat Belmont in Kansas and win the <laughs> in Miami and win the tournament. And so man, they're very capable of winning that tournament though. Very, very capable. Anthony, great job with that group this year. Yeah, I think Davidson is pretty safe, right? Is that correct? Safe-ish. Yeah, yeah, they're they're probably fine as long as they don't lose to to the winner. Your your boy, Kimmy English, if, if he beats him, I think then you're looking at Davidson being like first four maybe, maybe, but probably in. And VCU-Dayton matchup could be in the in the semis if Dayton gets past the winner of GW-UMass, which they should. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It, it feels like that Dayton-VCU game could end up being a playing game to the tournament. I was trying to think, would we be able to get three teams in? And I don't – No, I think both – I think both – VCU is – they're in right now, VCU is today. So they might – if they lose to Dayton, they might be able to survive it, but that's going to be a hell of a – I guess if you did this, here, here's how you could get three in. St. Bonaventure, Davidson, VCU, Dayton is your final – your semifinals. The Bonnies win it and get the automatic berth by beating VCU in the title game. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what's going to have to happen. Because I, I mean, you're gonna if you're if it's gonna be a three bid league, you got to get either the Bonnies or the Flyers winning it, and right. Right. Uh, VCU has to lose to either Dayton or St. Bonaventure. That's the only way that it can happen. And well, you want VCU then, 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 right? VCU or Dayton get to the title game, lose to St. Bonaventure. Yep, that'll, that'll be, be it. All right, the questions are flowing in now. Shout out to the chat. We'll try to get to all of these, but this one caught my eye quickly and our, our good friends at Bet Rivers' eyes, I'm sure. Adam Rodriguez wants to know the better betting weekend, conference tournaments or the weekend of 64? That's easy for me. Conference tournaments. What, do you got? what is it? Conference tournaments. The conference, like the this Tuesday through Friday for, for a couple reasons. One, you basically get five straight days of wall-to-wall basketball every day during the week, right? It, it's like noon on. These next four days are going to be unbelievable. Two, uh, on the first weekend, you only have two days of that, right? It's Thursday and Friday. And that, on, that only means you have there's only two days that you could pretend to go to work. 
So I, I think this week is better for betting. I think that there's more action and it's more of a holiday for the first weekend of the tournament. But this is this is this is great, man. I'm I'm all in on it. I don't know, but Greg, where are you? I know you're a big better. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And like, there's the optimism of the next weekend still. Like, I always hit that point during the first weekend where it's like, oh, we're we're 75 percent over now. This sucks. So I'm with mm-hmm. you. Optimism. Mm-hmm. Endless optimism is a better. That's a key asset to have. All right. This is from uh, from Daniel Ward. He wants our thoughts on Tennessee. Are they a serious national championship threat? Prone, I don't why don't see you take it. that one? Yeah. No, I, I, I think they're a second weekend spread for sure. Yeah. And what Rick, Rick Barnes done a phenomenal job. I like his team. I, I don't think they're in a national championship, but uh, I think they can make a really deep run in, in, in the postseason for sure. All right, next up from Dawson. Which league ends with the most teams that make the second weekend, Big 12 or SEC? SEC. I'll go SEC there. Tough one. I, th- I think probably SEC because I think we're pretty much guaranteed four. I think all four of those teams will get there. Guaranteed for? I I would I feel well I mean nothing is guaranteed but I feel very confident saying that that those those top four SEC teams are going to find a way to get to the second weekend. I don't know. I mean, again, like I, Wendell Green, you know, starts jacking, you know, going two for fifteen or something like that, and Prom's Prom's wondering what the hell happened to his Tigers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're you're very right. So you're going to trust the uh, the terrific point guard play of Marcus Carr and of Dewan Harris to be able to get it done. Over no, no, I, I went SEC, but I, I was I was pushing back at your, you know, the all four of them are like a lock to get to the second weekend. I don't think anybody's a lock to get to the second weekend, especially this year. Like Gonzaga would be the one, but I mean, I just don't think anybody's that powerful this year. Yeah, and I I think the one when you even the first round games have changed so much since years ago when we were growing up. But when you get into the round of thirty two, you got to beat a really good basketball right. team, the Sweet Sixteen, and you can beat you know two seed, three seed, four seed, and so. Uh, but I would say the SEC, kind of like what you said, I think those four teams. They've got those wild card teams, Bama, LSU, that's very very capable. Yeah. Um, you know, the big will probably get six in, but how many can can the first two weekends and maybe three, I would guess, throw out there maybe. You know, where the SEC, I'd probably think four, you know, if I had to, to, I had to yeah. pick one. All right, Ben. I, I just I, I worry I just, about I worry about Baylor, guys. I work the more I think about Baylor now, and I thought Cryer would be healthy by now. Like I thought they could sustain the loss of everyday John. But you had to have a healthy crier, and I know they're completely different positions of players, but um, they just worry me now. I, I just don't know. Their their margin for error is so slim now that I could see them getting upset in the second round. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of there too. It's they just they they had a pretty slim margin of error when they had all eight of their guys. Right? It's like if one guy gets in foul trouble and you got a sprained ankle at the wrong time, it's it's a bit of a risk. So I'm. I'm kind of as much as I love Baylor, as much as I love Scott Drew, I'm kind of off the Baylor bandwagon at this point. All right, Bensky Bro has a question I really like, but I'm going to tweak it slightly. I'm sorry, Bensky. If you could pick one one on one matchup that you could see come to fruition in the NCAA tournament, what would that matchup be? That's a great question. 
Kofi and Oscar. <laughs> I've wanted it all year. Or, Kofi or and set Oscar. Set up in the Oklahoma drill. <laughs> it would be classic. <laughs> they would be uh it would be fun to watch. I mean, it's a season of bigs, right? Why not get the two big best bigs in the country uh going at it? So I, I hope they do that. I mean, I love how they say they don't, they don't, you know, we don't look at any of the matchups. Like, cut the shit. Of course you of course <laughs> you do a little bit. I'm not saying like you're moving everything around and talking about it but like if it comes up there and you're like well you know what Kentucky's a two but you know like let's let's move this team there so that again you know Kentucky can play Memphis in the second round that's that's what everybody would want to see what do you got pro Jabari and Paulo let's go on I would say Auburn Duke I think would be a family, you know, regional final, you know. What Wendell and Kerr? <laughs> that they call that the Greg Waddell Bowl. I'm shaking. I'm, I'm sure. giving Kerr your I'm giving Kerr your phone number, Greg. I'm gonna give him your phone number. I'm gonna give you your address. Kerr's gonna hunt Listen, you. Listen, he made me a fan coming at me over the weekend. I'm now a huge He's fan. The of this. He's, He's the best. He's the best. That's the great that's the great part of him. He will absolutely come at you and call you out and, you know, like, that's fine. Like, and he remembers that shit. Like, he remembers it and uses it as motivation. I love it. I, I motivate. If they win the national title now, I better get a ring for motivating Kirk Creasa for making up a quote about what Greg Waddell said. We better get ring- We better get rings, Greg. Do you think we're going to get we'll rings? We'll do our best. I'm sure we can pull some strings. Uh, all right. This is from Colby <laughs> Mellinger. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the likelihood that Kansas State fires Weber. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a retirement, and I think it's uh, fairly high that it happens. Can I can I just say that I think I do think that he's kind of getting a raw deal. Yeah, I mean they went to the lead eight how many years ago now? Four four Kansas, tournaments ago. Kansas State was one of the two teams that ended the Kansas run of big 12 regular season titles. Kansas won 373 straight big 12 regular season titles until Kansas state ended it. That came a year after he made it to an elite eight. Then you had COVID and now it's just get rid of them. We're going to do so much better because we are Kansas state, a juggernaut basketball program. I I'm, I'm getting all my Steve pro. They have a good fan base. All the coaches. They do. Steve, how good is their fan base? It's good. But but I mean, go look at, Go pull up Bruce Webb's career and see what all he's done from Southern Illinois to Illinois yeah. to State. I mean, he's had a phenomenal career. So, but he's been at two he's... places where the expectations are probably higher than they should be. Right, Illinois—they were yeah. brutal to him. In fact, so brutal that he had to start like offering like eighth graders to to because they were killing him for his recruiting, and he started offering like dudes really young. Uh, and, and it ended up kind of working for a little bit, and then it backfired. Yeah, I, I I just think he's running him out after what he was able to do there in 2018 and 2019 is is that's harsh. That's that's a that's a harsh thing to do to him. Hey, so. Steve, who's what's the craziest fan base that you've ever been around or seen or or you know something that you've witnessed? Man, I would say obviously Allen Fieldhouse, the Kansas environment yep. there. 
But when I was in school in Alabama, when you go to the SEC tournament, this is back when they played the SEC tournament at the Pyramid in Memphis. Yeah. And when you would see the Arkansas fans walk the streets, <laughs> call dogs, head to the Pyramid, and then coming the other road was Kentucky screaming, go Big Blue. Wow. And this was yeah. the time where it was Arkansas, Kentucky, and Alabama, we were really good too. And Mississippi State, or SEC was really good in the mid-90s, really good. Yeah. I mean, Randy Livingston, I mean, they were loaded. I mean, teams. Those environments, this tournament, that, that, was, that was cool. All right, this is the final question that I think we have. Uh, it's from Ricky, and it's for Jeff Goodman. Jeff, where is the ACC tournament this year? <laughs> the ACC tournament is it, it's not in Greensboro. It's actually at it's Barclays in Charlotte, right? Is it in, in Charlotte, Jeff? No, it's in Barclays. I found that out. <laughs> I'm not going there because it's a mid-major league this year. So I'm going to the Big East tournament instead. So I'm not even going to go. I'm going for a day in New York. How about that? I'm going for one day in New York, and I'm not going to go to the ACC tournament. I'm going to go to the Big East tournament instead, and then I'm out of there to another real tournament, the Big Ten. You're not going to the Pac-12? I am. I'm going to the Pac-12 title game, baby. So you you would go you would go to one mid-major league, but you're not going to the other mid-major league. Why are you prioritizing that? I'm going to see two mid-major leagues, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 on the Mountain, title games. Title games, though. So. And I'm going to play blackjack. I, I will ride for all of the Mountain West fans that are watching this show right now. It is not a mid-major league. It has never been a mid-major league. It never will be a mid-major league. They are... I don't know. You're, they're not high major, but we're, they're not a mid-major league. I will die on that hill. This year, it's a good league. I will again. sacrifice myself yeah. at the altar of the Mountain West. All right. <laughs> well, we'll sacrifice you, too. So that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Goodman's like, yeah, that won't be too much of a problem. Get rid of him. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder for everyone listening, we are going to be doing live shows from Madison Square Garden on Thursday night and on Friday night. The, the After Dark is going to be at midnight, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday, we're going to be live from Barclays, just so people are aware. It will be an hour later. Uh, there is no point in starting the show uh, in the middle of the second half of all of the, the late night games that we want to watch and we want to be following. So uh, make sure that people are aware of that. So, uh, Greg, if we do we have any other questions? Get anything else we got to get done? I think I've just got one more for you, Rob. What's better than peace of mind? <laughs> Nothing is better oh. than peace of mind. But, but wow. uh, those, those uh, we, we can't say them because we're not getting paid for that today. So... Um, no more, no more, uh, Vord NPN. Um, no more NordVPN. All right. No more, right. no more, no, no more. It's good now. though. No more NordVPN. Peace of mind That's is good. Peace, peace of mind is great. Nothing is better than peace. Of mind. There's, Rob, a great Rob, Zach, there's a great Zach Brown song. There's a great Zach Brown song with a lot of mine in there. In there. Rob, could you say fried? I just, uh, did, did I just pull a Wendell Green trying to get an assist there and I threw it into the fifth row of the stands? <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely did. You I so would, did. I, it's not even funny. The, the, the difference is Green's a, ch- a champion, man. You can't can't be. <laughs> Don't be comparing Greg to a Don't champion. Be, that to yeah. a cha- and, and when was when was the last time that uh, that that Wendell Green tried to throw a pass, man? He's putting that shot up. Yeah, he's shooting it. He's shooting so. it, man. <laughs> All right. 
I think it's time. Boys. Hey, listen, guys, this was great. Field. Uh, oh, cheers. Uh, oh, three, three cheers. cheers. I, what are you I doing? Always, I always forget for three cheers, man. Listen, well, how rattled are you? It's been a long week. It has been a long week, and it's only Monday. Night. Usually, man, great. <laughs> turn it over now. You'll you'll get a little rough. And great. My God. Pass and- this guy. All right. Well, Prom, we're going to you first for three cheers. What do you got? We haven't mentioned outside. We just we talked about him. State Roblin here. Terrific job. Yep. And um, we talked a lot about firm in the Chattanooga game, but George going tonight over Louisiana Live. So cheers to uh, Rob and his staff and Florida State Panthers. All right. I got one. Wright State head coach Scott Nagy has been awesome at Wright State. They weren't awesome at the start of this year. In fact, like they were getting blown out a couple of games. I'm like, what's going on with, with Nagy? He's always a hell of a coach. Cleveland State was the number one seed. They play each other in the Horizon League title game tonight. And uh, Scott Nagy, who, again, team was uh, first two years ago in the league when, the, when it got canceled. Uh, they were going to the NIT. I think they lost in the conference tournament then. I think they've lost a couple of times in the conference tournament. They get one here. Uh, as a four seed, and Scott Nagy uh, gets the NCAA tournament. So, congrats, Scott. Hell of a coach. All right. So, my my toast, my cheers, is going out to one young Jeffrey Borzello because he, he needs the drink tonight because tomorrow is going to be a stressful one for him. His Delaware Blue Hens, right, he is a Delaware graduate, advanced to the title game, of the Colonial Athletic Association Tournament. Do you guys know who they are playing in the title game of the Colonial Athletic Association Tournament? They are playing yeah, UNC, UNC Wilmington. Wilmington. They're playing UNC Wilmington. Jeff Borzello's parents currently live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and are big UNC Wilmington supporters, big UNC Wilmington fans. So we have the inner turmoil for Jeff Borzello of his fandom and his alumni and the University of Delaware going up against the program that his parents have season tickets to. That luscious head of hair, it's going to start falling out. We're going to start seeing more grays popping up. Because then he's got nothing. If he loses that hair, he's got nothing. So my my cheers is going out to Jeff Borzello because he's going to need that drink. My cheers. Get through. Go ahead. It's to Borzello's parents. All right. Forget Borzello. Go, go Borzello's parents. <laughs> Anyone that had to put up with him for 37 years and counting has been, uh, you know, they got to be, they got to be saints. We just leave it at that. Well, listen, this has been the field of 68 after dark. So to, uh, to Rob Lanier, to Scott Nagy and to Jeff Borzello's parents, we will see you guys. <laughs> there you go. Borzello's parents. Another one. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. 
And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.